Stuart here, and you're listening to the iFormerX podcast. iFormerX is a community of practice for ambulatory care and community pharmacists, where we explore the evidence that matters to pharmacy practice. And thanks for joining us. If you're not already a member of iFormerX, please consider joining today. Membership in iFormerX is free and open to health professionals, as well as students, residents, and fellows who are in health professions trainings programs. So sign up today by visiting iFormerX.org. Over the years, we've reviewed a number of studies that have tested the potential health benefits related to vitamins and food supplements. And in most cases, when subjected to a rigorous study design, the beneficial effects observed in many observational studies just have not materialized. Of course, patients who have a true vitamin deficiency often benefit, and we don't need a large randomized controlled trial to prove that vitamin C can reverse the symptoms of scurvy or that iron supplementation can, quote, cure certain anemias. As we all know, there's been tremendous interest over the past two to three decades in vitamin D and fish oil supplementation, and many of our patients take these products every day. Vitamin D has been touted not only to promote bone health and reduce the risk of falls, but also to thwart the development of asthma and autoimmune disorders. Similarly, omega-3 fatty fish oils have been promoted for the prevention of cardiovascular and autoimmune diseases. About a decade ago, I wrote a a review article with Shannon Park about vitamin D supplementation that appeared in the journal Pharmacotherapy. And our conclusion at that time was there wasn't enough evidence to support the routine use of vitamin D as a supplement. Since that time, most of the prospective studies have been disappointing. But I've continued to have a strong interest in this topic, so that's why when I saw the results of the VITAL study, which appeared in the British Medical Journal a few months ago, I asked Dr. Nicole Slater and Dr. Riley Provenza to critically examine this trial and to write a commentary for iFormerX. Nicole Slater is an Associate Professor of Pharmacy Practice at the Bernard J. Dunn School of Pharmacy at Shenandoah University in Bucolic, Winchester, Virginia. And Nicole has been a longtime contributor to iFormerX, dating back to when she was a student and the Doctor of Pharmacy program. And she's now a member of our editorial board. And she's joined today by Riley Provenza, who is a PGY1 pharmacy practice resident with an emphasis in ambulatory care and academia at Shenandoah University. So Riley, it's great to have you here as a first-time contributor. And Nicole, it's great to have you back. Welcome. Yes, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Stuart. It's always a pleasure. So Riley, I'd like to start with you before we talk about the study that the two of you reviewed and your commentary. Let's talk about the potential mechanisms that vitamin D and omega-3 fatty acids might work to modulate immune function. In observational studies, both appear to thwart the development of autoimmune disorders like rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, psoriasis, and even type 1 diabetes. Of course, observational studies can only find a correlation between an exposure and an outcome. But if the association is biologically plausible, 
it certainly merits further investigation. So I'm curious, is the association biologically plausible and what role might vitamin D and omega-3 fatty acids play in the regulation of immunity? Yeah, so a lot of research has been dedicated to this topic, particularly with vitamin D. And now know that the vitamin D receptor is located on most cells in our body, including the intestine, pancreas, prostate, and cells of the immune system. Vitamin D has been shown to regulate a variety of genes, many of which are involved in inflammation for both acquired and innate immune responses, and has been shown to reduce some of the major markers of inflammation in certain autoimmune conditions. Various epidemiological studies have suggested associations between vitamin D deficiency and a higher incidence of autoimmune diseases such as type 1 diabetes, multiple sclerosis, systemic lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, and inflammatory bowel disease. Other observational studies have investigated vitamin D status and supplementation affected the development of autoimmune conditions. And there are still many ongoing studies investigating this today. Now, omega-3 fatty acids, they have also demonstrated their ability to inhibit production of C-reactive protein and inflammatory cytokines. They decrease T-cell proliferation and activation and have been shown to improve autoimmune disease symptoms and disease outcomes by reducing overall inflammation in the body at varying doses. But the research on whether fish oils can reduce autoimmune disease is still needed. So, Nicole, let's let's take a critical look at that study that you reviewed in your iFormerX commentary. The study was published in January 2022 in the BMJ, or the British Medical Journal, and it's entitled Vitamin D and Marine Omega-3 Fatty Acid Supplementation and Incident Autoimmune Disease Vital Randomized Control Trial. Of course, we provide a link to the original paper on the iFormerX website, it would be great if you could provide our listeners with a brief summary of the study methods and the results. Sure. So the VITAL study is really the first of its kind to conduct a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial that looked at the prevention of autoimmune disease in a large population of participants. There were nearly 26,000 patients who were randomized to one of four different groups, and about 50% of the participants were female, and the mean age was around 67 years. So group one received 2,000 international units of vitamin D plus placebo. Group two received omega-3 fatty acids plus placebo. Group three received the 2,000 international units of vitamin D plus the fish oil supplements. And group four was all matching placebo, essentially. The medical records of the participants were reviewed extensively, and any new onset disease was self-reported by the patient and then later confirmed by physicians who were reviewing their medical records. The primary outcome of the study was actually designed to look at cancer and cardiovascular outcomes, but they also reviewed the patients in this trial to further determine if these supplements, either alone or in combination with each other, could prevent new onset autoimmune disease since it was already known that both vitamin D and fish oil 
have been shown to reduce inflammation, which is a major contributor, obviously, to autoimmune disease development. So what they found was more new cases of autoimmune disease developed in the placebo group than either of the other two comparison groups, but the group with both vitamin D and fish oil combined did not actually demonstrate any added benefit over the individual supplement groups alone. So these results were encouraging, and they demonstrated that patients who took 2,000 international units of vitamin D per day with or without fish oil over a five-year period reduced their occurrence of new-onset autoimmune diseases by 22%. Additionally, the incidence of suspected and confirmed autoimmune disease was lower in the omega-3 fatty acid group but it did not demonstrate overall statistical significance. So in many respects, Riley, this study follows the gold standards, best practices, if you will. It's, it's randomized, it's double-blind, it's placebo-controlled. The investigators enrolled a lot of patients, more than 25,000 in this study, so it appears to be adequately powered to detect a clinically meaningful benefit from either vitamin D or omega-3 fatty acid supplementation, and indeed the occurrence of confirmed autoimmune disease in those who received vitamin D supplementation was significantly lower when compared to those who were in the all placebo group. And the incidence of suspected and confirmed autoimmune disease was lower in those who were assigned to the omega-3 fatty acid arm. Um, but every study has caveats and limitations. So I'm wondering what you view as the potential confounders or other threats to the internal validity of the study that may have impacted the results? And what about the study's generalizability or external validity? Yeah, I think this study was well-designed and set up appropriately, but as you said, it does come with several limitations. So unfortunately, this study did not tell us anything about whether correcting a vitamin D deficiency and people at risk for autoimmune diseases could have a more significant impact because most patients had a normal vitamin D level at baseline. The trial also tested only one dose and one formulation of each supplement, so it can be tricky to apply these results to all vitamin D and fish oil supplements on the market, which if you've been in a pharmacy or any kind of health store recently, you will see that there are hundreds of options and because supplementation is not regulated like prescription medications, it's sometimes difficult to tell what you're getting in a product purchased without a prescription. This study also enrolled an older population, so the results may not be generalizable to younger individuals who experience certain autoimmune diseases earlier in life. But it would certainly be more compelling if these results could be replicated in a younger population. Also, given the latency of autoimmune disease onset, a longer follow-up would also be helpful to ensure the effects of these supplements are long-lasting, but also because you start to see a trend towards significance in the fish oil arm near the end of the trial. So maybe five years just may not have been a long enough time overall to see the impact. So, Nicole, what's the bottom line? Does this study provide compelling enough evidence and therefore we should be recommending that our patients who are at high risk of autoimmune disease take vitamin D in a moderately high dose of 2,000 international units or a fish oil supplement or both every day? And if so, 
How would we go about identifying patients who are, quote, high risk for autoimmune disease? And if you don't think that vitamin D or fish oil supplementation is warranted, why not? After all, this study demonstrated a statistically significant reduction in the development of autoimmune diseases when patients took these supplements. Yeah. So like I previously mentioned, this is really the first study of its kind. And I do think that it provides some compelling evidence to suggest that the 2000 international units of vitamin D with or without a gram of fish oil per day may reduce the incidence of autoimmune disease development. The Kaplan-Meier curve for vitamin D also suggested increased preventative effects after the first two years of use. And we wonder if the curves would continue to sort of separate out with a longer follow-up as well. But considering the impact of autoimmune disease as a whole and the impact that it has on an individual from a quality of life standpoint, as well as when we think about the cost of medications that are available to manage the symptoms for those who are suffering from autoimmune disease, I would think, honestly, that taking a vitamin D supplement preemptively is sort of a drop in the bucket. These supplements are generally non-toxic, they have minimal side effects, and they're often used at varying doses for the management of other medical conditions, so I don't think it would hurt to offer vitamin D to someone who might be at risk for developing an autoimmune disease. Interestingly, the study enrolled older patients from the general public, so these are folks that we may not consider high risk for developing autoimmune conditions. However, I might suggest that supplementation could be used for those who have a genetic predisposition to an autoimmune disease or those with underlying inflammatory conditions or maybe elevated inflammatory markers I also think that we need to look at the number needed to treat here because while the results were statistically significant for the vitamin D arm, I think it's also important to recognize that we would need to offer supplementation to hundreds of people in order to prevent one person from developing an autoimmune condition over that five-year period. As a sufferer from autoimmune disease myself, I have found personally that taking a vitamin D supplement along with eating a diet rich in omega-3 fatty acids has likely played a role to reduce my inflammatory markers and has also helped improve some of my daily symptoms. And after reading this study, I often wonder if I had started the supplementation earlier in life, could I have prevented or maybe even minimized the development of my psoriatic arthritis today? And considering how this disease has affected every aspect of my life, if there's anything out there that could potentially prevent this for others, I would certainly recommend it. That being said, I still think we need more evidence and more studies to confirm these results. And I also think that there are a lot of other variables at play for the development of autoimmune disease, including things like your environmental exposures, varying stress levels, gut health. So I think it would be helpful to complete a cost analysis since most supplements are not covered by insurance. But I do think that this trial is certainly a big step in the right direction. And I'm happy to see that researchers are focusing on more preventative measures for autoimmune disease versus management. 
Well, Riley and Nicole, thank you so much for being on the iFormerX podcast today. While the vital study certainly helps to answer a clinically important question, and vitamin D and omega-3 fatty acid supplements appear to have some benefit in terms of reducing the risk of developing an autoimmune disease, it's not so clear who is most likely to benefit and how to identify those who are most likely to benefit. It's very complex. Well, tell us what you think. Should we be encouraging patients to take these supplements or dissuade them from using these supplements? If you want to leave a comment, I hope you will. Be sure to log in to our website at iformerx.org. And remember, only iformerx community members can leave comments and use the interactive features on our website. And if you'd like to earn board certification and continuing education credit for listening to this podcast, and reading the commentary, you can. We've partnered with the American Pharmacists Association to produce the Evidence-Based Practice Literature Evaluation Series. The program is available online, on demand, anytime, anywhere through APHA. Just click on the link posted below the commentary on our website to learn more. And lastly, a big thank you to all of our listeners and members who have donated money to support iFormerX over the years. We started iFormerX a little over a decade ago as a way of connecting residents, preceptors, and program directors who were involved in ambulatory care and community pharmacy residency training programs. And to this day, This remains our core audience, and they contribute their time and talents to create the content that we post. We also rely on our members to provide financial support to pay for things like server space or our content management software, an email client to distribute our newsletters, audio recording and editing software, as well as web hosting and podcast hosting. While our expenses aren't huge, they are substantial. So my sincere thanks and gratitude to those of you who have supported our mission through your financial contributions. And if you'd like to support our work with your tax-deductible gift, just head on over to our website, iformerx.org, and click on the word Donate, which is in the top navigation bar. Donations to support iFormerX are managed by the University of Mississippi Foundation, but 100% of your gift goes to support our mission. The foundation does not charge us overhead for keeping track of these funds, and they also pay our bills. So a big shout out to our foundation for the awesome work they do too. Well, until next time, this is Stuart Haynes, Editor-in-Chief of iFormerX, signing off.